This is 17 Minutes of Science. My name is Sarah Cheeseman. I am a technical solution scientist in Vivo Biosystems and one of the many hosts of this show. It's nice to be back this week with my guest, Dr. Jennifer Polk, who's going to talk to us about a subject near and dear to my heart, which is helping PhDs launch meaningful careers outside of academia, which is the story uh, for many of us. So this is a lovely conversation to have. So Jennifer is a career coach and an expert on PhD careers. In 2013, she launched From PhD to Life, which is a career coaching and speaking business and an excellent name. Uh, Jen co-founded Beyond the Professoriate in 2014, and she exited that business in 2020. And she writes on graduate education and careers for doctoral degree holders. She's a guest speaker uh, at university campuses and academic professional settings and on 17 Minutes of Science uh, in North America and beyond. And she has a PhD in history from the University of Toronto. And I'm going to turn it over to Jen to say a few minutes about herself or a few moments to say something about herself. I'm turning on the timer. Here we go. 17 minutes. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk to scientists. I've just come from talking to scientists about online networking. Uh, and I'm very online these days. So I'm happy to <laughs> I'm happy to be online in different contexts. And I'm happy to engage with anyone at my various uh, From PhD to Life platforms. Thank you. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you, and maybe we can touch on that online networking uh, in our last moments. But before we before we talk about the end, let's talk about the beginning, which is I would love to hear about a mentor that inspired you to this career path that that you're now on guiding others. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, so as you mentioned, and sorry, I'm still using learning how to use this uh, semi fancy mic. <laughs> uh, so as you mentioned, uh, Sarah. I work as a career coach and um, the person that got me started in this career, that's a short way of saying it, um, but is, is a career coach that I worked with uh, in 2013, hold on, 12, 13, 2012, 13. And that's a few months after I graduated with my PhD and I hired Hillary Hutchinson uh, and she's transitioningyourlife.com if anyone's curious about her. And from the very first conversation I had about her where I gave her my lament, which is, oh, I have a PhD and I don't know. And I, I may or may not have used the word loser. <laughs> and, um, anyways, to make the a long story short, as folks say, I felt a lot better right away and started to get more active and more strategic about, um, you know, figuring out who I was and what I wanted, like what I wanted. Um, and making uh, steps toward uh, working that out for myself. And she inspired me to investigate coaching and eventually to take coaching classes. And I don't work with her um, kind of intensively the way I did, you know, for a few months years ago, but she's still someone that inspires me to show up for my clients and do good work and keep creating new and different things. Hmm. It's so important that mentors can help us find a way we didn't even imagine was possible. So it sounds like perhaps what you're describing is through that uh, journey of discovery for yourself, you ended up going down that road with her because she blazed that trail. Is, is that when you sort of realized, I think I could do this work? Yeah, and I remember it, it took me, um, I'm smiling because it took me uh, a few weeks to work up the courage to be like, I think I kind of maybe want to do what you do. <laughs> she was like, great, you'd be great at this. You know, I wasn't going to be great at it right that very second. 
but I learned about coaching. I read books. I did informational interviews with coaches. I, I um, explored different coaching programs. I signed up for one. I, you know, I took courses, et cetera, et cetera. I, and so yes, yes. I, and I think I, you know, yeah, I think she was right. <laughs> she clearly was right because you've been very successful. And so now in your, you have both frames of reference, being the PhD on the quest and now being the person who's supporting those people find their way. If you could give a piece of advice to a PhD who's questioning where their career, where they want their career to go, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think, I think a really important question to ask yourself is what do you want and who are you? And those, those sound like super simple kind of glib questions, but they're really important and they're ones that folks skip um, or they don't spend enough time with. And I'm not, I'm not talking here like, I, you know, job titles, like forget job titles, keep it vague and keep it at the level of really a deep level of what do you value? What do you value? What's your purpose? What's your mission? And don't roll your eyes at me, people. <laughs> right? And I know that these things can take a while to work out, you know, what really is true for you, but it's so important because in any kind of, so the, the social scientists might like roll their eyes at me here, but any kind of like really totalizing institution or totalizing culture, which I think academia is one or science kind of in general can be one of those places where it imposes values on you. And, and it, and it suggests very strongly the kinds of work that has value in the world uh, and, and, and that is right to do. Um, and it's got a very clear kind of hierarchy of worth and value and that hierarchy, that, that arrangement might not work for you anymore. And so it's really important, I think, to kind of step out, maybe not physically, but kind of just take a moment for yourself and step out and reflect, you know, what is actually really important to me? And what do, you, what do I value? And what do I want in my life? What do I need in my life? Who do I want to hang out with? So I, I, I emphasizing self-reflection is really important. Um, so that's the one thing I think you can't spend enough time on self-reflection. I mean, unless you're doing it to procrastinate. And then the second thing, and these can happen at the same time or one and then the other, whatever, go back and forth. The second uh, piece of advice is to network. Network, 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 network. <laughs> I can say more about that, but yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that a little more later because I couldn't agree more. Do you find, just reflecting on something you said, do you find that when you raise that uh, work, so to speak, with your, with your clients that you're helping along the way. They're surprised when you ask them that. Has anybody asked them that before as to what do you want? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to hang out with? Kind of those broader questions. That's surprising. Yeah. I mean, I think folks are used to the version of the question where the answer is, I want to be a professor. <laughs> um, so, but that's not what I mean. And it is, it is a hard question when I, when I, when I talk with, with clients or potential clients, one of the big questions I ask them is, you know, what is your next? What do you want next? What does it look like? Um, and that's really a challenging question for a lot of people to answer. And sometimes, I mean, a lot of the time the answer is, I don't know. And I say, that's okay. You don't have to know. That's, that's cool. <laughs> but start say, what do you know about it? What do you know about it? And keep it vague, right? You know, keep it vague. What is true about it? Even if a lot of the details are fuzzy. Because I, yeah, I, th I think in our world, we don't take a lot of time out to kind of be selfish around all of this stuff, but you need to. It's like people have used this example before. You've got to put your own oxygen mask on first in, in an airplane, right? Before you can help others. It's, it's exactly that. 
True. That's a nice analogy. It applies so many places, especially lately. And do you find that uh, specifically, I mean, you're, you're a historian by training, but when you're working with science-minded types who, um, you know, we tend to be by nature somewhat analytical, struggle with this? Is it harder for scientists versus non-scientists? I'm curious. <laughs> um, I don't, I wouldn't say so. A, a different people uh, like different kinds of, of uh, strategies and tools, exercises and approaches to this. So for example, you know, some of my clients literally draw things out, <laughs> right? Awesome. Um, and others are really down with making the vision board type stuff. That's, that's, that's cool. That's fantastic. Um, and others, and maybe more the scientific set, love spreadsheets, you know, spreadsheets and filtering and like all sorts of fancy stuff that I can't necessarily do in Excel, but it's really not all that complicated. But yeah, and I'm down with that. Like, great, make it into a spreadsheet, like set your filters, like do all of that. That's really cool. So there's lots of different approaches to doing this, but a bottom line is, yeah, figure out, figure out what, what are your, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? I mean, I forget the word, but yeah, figure out your shit. <laughs> all right. So a question just came in from the audience and I want to read this because I think this is an excellent one, but I'm going to be scrolling. So bear with me. So with your focus on PhDs, what do you wish non-academic employers knew to help them find, hire, nurture new employees fresh from their PhD programs? Hmm. Okay. What do I wish employers knew about PhDs? Right. Uh, wow, that is a lot. There's a lot to say to that, but let me see what comes to mind for me. So I wish employers knew that PhDs come from, they might, you know, they might not, but they might come from an environment where they are used to doing everything largely on their own. Again, that's not going to be true of everybody. Um, and I think that PhDs, especially if they're new on the job in a, in a workplace setting, that's not going to be true of everybody. Um, there are a lot of workplace norms that they're not aware of, that they're not used to. And the fact that of their unawareness might end up looking like bad behavior, <laughs> but it, the intention is not that. Um, it's just that they, they can come out of a very different work culture. So I guess the short answer is um, for employers to give new hires, especially if they're newer to the workplace or that type of workplace, some grace um, and to provide them with some mentorship that can be informal around. I mean, it's almost in some ways what you would expect employers to do with an intern, because what we want employers to do with interns is to provide them with an experience, a uh, a, a, a little bit of a cultural immersion into workplace norms and professionalization. Now, PhDs are not interns, right? I mean, I'm not saying that, but there was a little bit of, yeah, you might be 40, but this is a different style uh, of workplace culture. Does that make sense, Sarah? Yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, because depending on how long someone has been in an academic lane, they just may not have had exposure to that or an opportunity to do those things and connected with people who've walked in those shoes. So yeah, I'm brainstorming with you. I like the pairing up with people that you know may be able to support them as they transition into that new environment. Yeah, and if there are other PhDs on staff or other folks uh, with, with higher education kind of more recently, they might be able to say like, well, here's the thing that really surprised me when I started here or entered the workforce. And so you might watch out for those things too. So mm -hmm. right, it, it could, anyways, yes, lots to say, but let's stop. 
Yeah, that's that's good. That's a good answer. Thank you. I love it when we get questions from the audience because it's always keeps keeps us on our toes. Ah! <laughs> so you've spoken about this a little bit, but I just like to unpack it a bit more. Is what is it actually like to work with a career coach? So for someone who's is listening to us today and thinking, wow, that maybe something I would benefit from, but don't really have a concept of what that would be. Yeah. So every, every person that you would work with could, can be a bit different. And so here's my style is uh, <laughs> laughing. I like, I say that I tell clients, I do my best work when I ask questions and then I shut up and listen. Now that's to put it very simply, um, but yeah, that is one thing that you can expect if you work with me that in general, I'm going to ask questions and, um, I'm going to ask questions that are open questions. So questions that are not leading questions, right? Generally, um, and don't, don't assume a particular answer and that I'm not going to judge. And it, so coaching is about providing a space. My style is about providing a space for clients, for you to, figure out what you, what's important to you and what you need and to strategize and make plans with somebody, me, who's not in your life otherwise. And, you know, I don't care. I mean, I care about you showing up in the world in a way that makes the most sense for you, but what that looks like specifically, I don't care. Right. And I don't know. So that's what my version is. It's, it's, it's providing a, um, an opportunity for you to reflect and refine and to make plans and to then do the work that you need to do, do the work. And that's the difference I think between coaching and consulting, put it bluntly, is that coaches facilitate clients uh, making transformation for themselves, whereas consultants provide expert advice. Yes, that is a great distinction because nobody can do all of that for you because it's your life. So that leads me to the next question, which is what are your favorite resources you like to point people to, especially if they're kind of at the beginning of this journey of questioning where they're headed? Yeah, so there's a lot of different kinds of uh, things that folks can explore. Um, you know, I, I think, honestly, a, a great book that I think is really useful for people to look at is What Color Is Your Parachute? It is a weird one because it is written for everybody. It is written for everybody. And it's and, been around a while. Yeah, I think he I think he wrote the first version of that in the 70s. <laughs> right? Then it's still that's the core principles must still hold true. Exactly. Exactly. And it is available secondhand. I mean, if you can get any edition that was published in the last 10 years, it's fine. All right. <laughs> you know, no big changes. Um, there's a what I really like about that book and it, it, I, I think it's fair to say that it, that almost everyone out there talking about careers riffs on stuff that's in what colors your parachute to a certain extent. I mean, it was really um, influential. It's been really influential. Is it really does focus first? It's, it's, it's like you first, you come first. Like, who are you? What do you want? What are you good at? What are you energized by? Uh, when do you feel successful? And those are just such critical questions. And there's tons of really great exercises in there. So that's the kind of the one thing I would say. There's plenty of other things that I might recommend to folks, but that's a great place to start. Okay, tried and true. Uh, we will, I, I'm noting um, to our producer on the other side of the show, we will put up a link to Jen's website because she does have some great resources. So people who are curious can go study her curated list and see what else is on there. It's pretty rich, so. Um, I, two, we're in two more minutes. We're kind of getting to the end. So quickly, I wanted to know, would you do your PhD again? Oh, Sarah. 
I mean, that's tricky. If I, if I could go back to my former self, which of course we can't, but if I could go back, you know, she wouldn't listen to me, but I would really encourage her to say, you know, figure out, figure out what you want out of this, figure out what you want out of this. I'm not saying don't do it, but get really clear for yourself on what you want and decide that it's your life and it's your career and, and demand what you need out of it. And if you can't get what you need out of it, then you can make changes. And if those changes mean that you cannot do a PhD, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but you know, this is your life and you're in charge. And so, you know, act like it. <laughs> okay. Fair answer. And the beautiful thing about knowledge is it is yours to keep and no one can ever take that from you. So yeah, that's the thing I like to think about too. Yeah. No regrets, but, <laughs> but an interesting journey nonetheless. Okay. So in, in the last minute, I'm curious if you could speak quickly to networking in the era we're in, which we were um, before getting on this show, we were talking about what you had just done this morning and it's different. Yeah. I, th I think it's really important. I mean, I'll just repeat something I just said. It's, it's well, it's something different is assume that you um, have a right to be involved in the conversation because you do, right? Assume that you have something uh, to contribute to the conversation and have something to learn from it. So if you start from that assumption that, you know, you're here to play, <laughs> right? Then act like it. And you can do that online. You can do that one-on-one. -on -one. You can do it in small groups. You can do it on your own. You can do it in collaboration with other people. So it's, I, th I think it all starts from this assumption that, that yeah, you have, you, you're a part of the conversation. And if you can, if you, if that's, if that's your assumption for networking, it's, it's so much easier because it's just inviting people to be in the conversation with you back. How fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. Does that make any sense for scientists? It does. I mean, especially if you can put that twist on it. And then there's just navigating a digital, a digital way that we're doing this more, which for some people probably feels quite unfamiliar. Yeah, but welcome, man. It's really fun. It's really fun. <laughs> the internet is a great, terrible, but great place. <laughs> And, you know, we got to get used to it, right? Here goes the alarm. Whoop. Because this is, this is how it's going to be for a while. So I guess yeah. we're going to sharpen our skills and, and gain new ones. Yeah. And thank you to networking. Yes. I am here on your show. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, we wouldn't have done this. if it For so many reasons, it wouldn't have happened unless we're in the moment we're in. But 17 minutes flies, flies by when you're having fun. This was a great conversation, Jen. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, sharing your wisdom with, with us and those of us watching us today and they can access your website thanks to the links that we will post. So once again, thank you so much and be well in the great north of Toronto. Thank you so much, Sarah. You too. <laughs>